verse and a uh, famous saying, because that's what we're doing. We're doing a series on famous sayings. And this is a famous saying that comes out of Don and I's experience. Uh, so, Don, I'm just, you weren't able to be in our first service. You were in the nursery. So now I'm going to shamefully ask this question. Now, you, and I can do the math. I'm just too lazy to do it. Were we married in 91 or 92? 92. I thought so. I, I really did. I thought so. But I always, I don't know why, but I have put Molly's birthday in 92, and that don't work. That don't work. She's 93. All right. So, uh, in 1992, we got married on July the 18th. Six, eight months previous to that, maybe a year, we were at Dawn's apartment at Missouri University trying to figure out, because we got to do, what are those things called? Invitations, and we got to get the word out. When are we going to get married? We don't know. <laughs> July sounds good. We're going to do it on a Saturday, so which date? Well, we were trying to be spiritual. I don't know if we're still there, but we were trying to be spiritual back then, and I, I'm joking. We are still trying to be spiritual. It's a lifelong journey. And so sitting there on that couch, we did something that we were already in the habit of doing, which we still lovingly encourage everyone here to do, and that is we were looking at the proverb chapter that matched the day of the month. So we were going to God asking through Proverbs the 18th, show us when we should get married. Well, there's a verse here in Proverbs 18, verse 10. Let's all stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word. This happens to be Dawn's favorite verse. I knew that going in. I, did, I don't believe I had connected with that this verse was in chapter 18. So when we came across it, here it is. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. We looked at each other. That's your favorite verse. I know. Well, maybe, maybe the 18th. And then we kept reading. And later it says... A man who findeth a wife findeth favor with the Lord. And we looked at each other again. <gasps> Is there a Saturday that's on the 18th in July? And there was. And so July the 18th was going to be in 1992, Dawn and Ben's wedding date. And it has been, and it is, watch this, and it is forever connected to the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it and are safe. And, and I praise God for that. And we're going to talk about what this verse means. Father, we ask you to add your blessings to the reading and preaching of your holy word. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. Before we go any further, Brother Brad, uh, how hard would it be to go ahead and queue up? For seven minutes, I just want you all to soak in some of the best preaching you're ever going to hear. And it's not me. And uh, amen. I believe one of the neatest things about heaven is going to be that we will lose the inhibition to remain dignified during something like that. And please don't get me wrong. I, I'm fine with us just sitting here and taking it. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. But I'm telling you, when we get in front of Jesus, we ain't going to act like this. We, we, we're going to act like you act when no one else is looking and you're having a good time. Yeah. When you're excited about your favorite sports team or 
you know, the Lord's done something for you and no one's around and you're just celebrating. We're all going to act like that in heaven. And it's going to be a lot more fun uh, type deal. And, and watch this. Freedom with limits here. Freedom with limits. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hand and the such. That is good stuff. I call that revival in a video. And uh, I listened to it this morning before you all got here, and I had myself a fit right, right there in the middle of that aisle. And it's good to do that. It's good to relish in who Jesus is. And so we're going to talk about today the name of Jesus. The uh, simple sermon in a sentence is our name is an extension and a projection of who we are. Jesus' name is no less. Jesus means he who takes our sin away. Christ means anointed one. Anyone who comes to Christ to be saved will not be disappointed. Anyone who comes to Christ to be saved will not be disappointed. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I want us for a moment to soak into some scriptures talking about the name of Jesus. Then we're going to share with you a few names of God in the Old and New Testament, and then we're going to end with the simple points of this message. Matthew 12, 17 through 21 says this, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And here it is. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Church, we're Gentiles. Unless you are of Jewish descent, you are a Gentile, and in this day where the scripture was being written, Jews believed they were the only ones that were going to, you know, some others may get into heaven by some way, but they were the chosen people of God. They misunderstood that to a large degree. Now we know we are on the other side of that misunderstanding, and now Jews and Gentiles know Jesus came for us all. And every person, man, woman, boy, and girl, that relies upon the finished work of Jesus Christ to be the payment for their sin, you get heaven. You get heaven and a climate-controlled eternity. And anybody, a Christian worth their salt, wants everyone to go there. Matthew 18, 5, And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Jesus is saying... This is one of the reasons we're pro-life is because we believe every child has the image of God stamped upon them and they are worthy of life. And when you and I receive those little ones in the name of Jesus, we're receiving Jesus as well. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We use this verse for worship. I don't believe you're damaging scripture to say that because I believe certainly where two or three gather together to worship Jesus, he's going to be there, but it's not the context of the verse. The context of the verse is conflict resolution. 
church, if there's one thing that the church of Jesus Christ needs in 2023, it is conflict resolution. We need to be willing to work through our conflict with each other. And God lovingly demands it. He demands you work through. Uh, The core principle that Brother Gavin wrote talks about this. When you offend one another, you are offending God because they are his child too. And he wants you to sit down and work it through. Watch this. If you will sit down with someone to work through conflict in the name of Jesus, he's there. And he's going to bless it. And we have, watch this, it takes faith to believe that. Because we're tempted to say, well, Brother Ben, you don't know my conflict. I, I don't. I don't. And chances are, I don't need to know your conflict. Watch this. Because we're supposed to go to the person that we have the conflict with before we go to anyone else. According to, and amens rang throughout the building. Every one of you want to be treated that way. You want someone that has an issue with you to come to you. And so I'm encouraging you, let's put this verse to work. The name of Jesus for conflict resolution. John 1, 11 through 12. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Talking about the Israelites. But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, sons and daughters, even to them that believe on his name. Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Romans 1.5-6. By whom we have received grace and apostleship, for obedience to the faith among all nations, for his name among whom are all, I'm sorry, are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We're going to get deeper in that verse here in just a moment. John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I didn't put these other two verses in my notes, but if you look at John 15, there's a very similar verse that says, you ask anything in my name and I'll do it. In uh, chapter 16, a very similar verse, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. But three different contexts. Remember the three prayers that God always answers? Lord, help me to know you, let me in on your kingdom work, and help me to bear your fruit. The context of John 15 is bearing fruit, the vine of God. You and I are branches in the vine of God. 14 is that I would know you. And then 16 is let me in on your kingdom work. Open my eyes to what you are doing around me. And that goes, of course, with Um, Henry Blackaby's study on experiencing God. God is at work trying to win a lost world to himself. We need to look around and see where God is working and join him. And then you have Romans 10, 9. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, the context of that is salvation, coming to know Christ as a savior. But watch this. This verse is also true and applicable when you are in trouble. I try to teach this any opportunity that the Holy Spirit brings it to mind. Ladies especially, but any person under the sound of my voice, 
you find yourself in a mess, cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Uh, 2008, my, uh, in a, a wreck, going to a deer hunting uh, spot. Uh, fella hits a cow, and then the truck hits me, and my wrist is pointed this way, and I knew that wasn't right, uh, and my nether regions weren't right. I could tell, and so my this thing right here was pushed up through my pelvic bone. I had a broken hip, but I didn't know it at the time. I just knew something wasn't right. And I sitting there, and I don't, hopefully, prayerfully, none of you ever go through this, but when you are in a catastrophic situation, sometimes there's some moments of silence. You just hear in your ears, and nothing's happening because everybody's still trying to figure out what just happened. And I'm sitting there in those few moments, seeing that wrist and feeling the hip, and it Fear overwhelmed me beyond explaining, and I cried out, Jesus. I screamed it. I know that because a fella very shortly walked up to my window that was rolled down and said, Brother Ben, are you all right? And he kind of snapped me out of my situation. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said, this ain't right. <laughs> and he said, ooh. <laughs> and I said, and something's going on down here. And he said, just stay put. I've already called them, and about that time, I mean, we heard the sirens, you know, and here they came. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Watch this, church. There was a woman in uh, Lemon was her last name. Uh, it was Mr. Lemon's daughter. She was, uh, it'll come to me, Kroger, the grocery store in Jonesboro. And she's 19, 18 years old, beautiful young lady in our youth group. She opens her door to go to the grocery store, and a man grabs her arm and starts yanking her out of that vehicle. And he's got ill intent. And she screams the name of Jesus and starts kicking and fighting. And that's what you should do, people. When someone's trying to overpower you, you fight back at the first crime scene. Don't go to the secondary crime scene if you can keep from it. Because the secondary crime scene is usually where it ends and so you take your stand right there where other people are at and praise the Lord. An innocent bystander heard Jesus and then he heard the screaming and kicking and then he saw it and he came and he ran that guy off. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. And that girl is still alive and doing great today because Jesus stepped in. So it's important. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You need to call upon him today if you have not received Jesus Christ as Savior. And certainly when you get into situations that are dire and beyond words, you need to scream the name of Jesus. Point number one. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to tell you some names here. Uh, Adonai. Adonai means Lord or Master. The etymology means where it came from, derived from the Hebrew word Adon, meaning Lord or Master. Example, Psalm 8.1, O Lord, Yahweh, our Lord, Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Adonai signifies God's authority and sovereignty over all creation. When we address God as Adonai, we acknowledge his lordship and submit ourselves to his guidance and direction. Now, Caleb, uh, if you and I would have known this uh, six years ago on that border waters, we probably would have looked at those stars and went, Adonai, because he was giving us direction and we were seeing his glory in the firmament, of course, which is the stars and heavens above us. So, Brother Gavin, I don't know if your ears were burning in first service, uh, but I took the opportunity uh, to 
to speak some truth. And uh, th this is what I shared with them uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, Gavin and Brent were able to go to the border waters once again, and Caleb and I and eight people total went to the border waters with Gavin years ago, and I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson that I did not have the benefit of, and that is, is that when you're at the border waters with Gavin at 6 p.m., and the outfitter asks Gavin, the only one that's been on the trip out of the eight people, do you still want to go at 6 p.m.? And he looks at you and says, do you want to go? Say no! Say no. But we're all like, and I'm joking. I'm kidding. Gavin, this isn't anything Gavin hadn't already heard. And we're all like, we, we, what did he say? 20 times at least. And we're all like, Gavin, you're the only one that's been here. So, so if you say it's okay, we trust you. you know, again, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Gavin will get his turn, I promise you. We went. We went, and now, so it, it's, he told us this for weeks. It's an eight-hour canoe trip. I didn't know it's an eight-hour canoe trip if you're doing this. It's a 12-hour trip if you're doing this. And again, I'm kidding. And at 2 a.m. where your GPS is not working, if I saw that glow come in Gavin's face one time, I saw it 300 times. I'm like, where in the world am I? And we were going in circles, and we were, are we ever going to get I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Say again, Gavin. I, I know, I know. I'm in church. He's telling. Okay, so let me tell you the good part. Let me tell you the good part. At 2 a.m. in the border waters, you can, seems like, feels like, literally touch the stars. They are bigger there, it seems. There's no ambient light. It's just the light of the stars. And it was gorgeous. And, and even though, again, I would never sign up for that, it was worth the trip. It's what, it's what kept him alive. Because <laughs> we, mutiny was mentioned a few times. You know, some really good burial sites out here. You know? and, and I'm joking. We laughed. The next morning, we laughed about all of that. Because God got us through it. You know, isn't, isn't it pitiful how weak we are as humans? I mean, the least little thing can, you know, I'm getting out of here. No, you're not. <laughs> and at one point on Knife Lake, you couldn't see a border. You could not see trees or land. It's pitch black dark, but you've got the light from the stars, and all you can see is water and stars. And we started seeing shooting stars like we've never seen and it was, it was Adonai. Adonai was showing off. Even though we were stressing and struggling, Adonai was in control. Wasn't nobody in danger. Nobody. I'm speaking truth now, aren't I, Gavin? All right. I, I shared with you earlier my presupposed issues and, and worries, but we got through it. We got through it. And I'm going to go back. I'm saying that here in church, Brother Gavin. I'm going to go back. And Tony doesn't know it, but he's going to go too. Thank you for laughing. Elohim. Elohim is another name of God. The etymology is derived from the Hebrew root El, meaning mighty or strong. Example, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Church, listen to me. God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke. 
spoke them into existence. Everything that you and I have been talking about, that we've been thinking about, he spoke those stars into existence in the border waters. He spoke these things that we see today into existence. You and I don't understand, we cannot understand that type of power, but watch this, that type of power is available to us on a daily basis to do what God has called us to do. Elohim, the first name of God mentioned in the Bible, emphasizes his role as creator. This name is often used when referring to God's power and might. It reminds us that he is the one who formed the universe and everything in it. And lastly, for this morning, certainly not exhausting on any level the names of God, Yahweh, meaning I am who I am or the Lord. The etymology is derived from the Hebrew verb to be, signifying God's eternal self-existence nature. Example, Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Yahweh is the personal name of God, revealing his self-existence, eternity, and unchanging nature. When God spoke to Moses through the burning bush, he revealed himself as Yahweh, the great I am, assuring Moses that he would be with him throughout his mission to free the Israelites from Egypt. Listen to me, church. If you see a burning bush and it not being consumed, go check it out. And you're probably not going to see a bush on fire. But if you see a man, woman, boy, or girl on fire for Jesus and they're not burning out, go check it. Go be warmed by their fire for Jesus. Point number one, the peace of his name. The peace of his name. Now, I've been pretty hard on my brother-in-law, but if you've attended here any length of time, you know my love and respect for Gavin. There's one thing he never lost in that, even when his own son wouldn't take up for him. <laughs> Caleb, and I think that was... It was Gavin's biggest worry. Caleb wouldn't even come to Gavin's. <laughs> Caleb just <laughs> Gavin never freaked out. He never freaked out. Now, if Gavin would have freaked out, it, I, we might not be standing here today. Who, who knows? But Gavin stayed true. Church, listen to me. When your life is falling apart, Jesus is not having any issue at all. And he's waiting for you to come to him, and he'll give you his peace. He'll give you his strength. I want you to listen to this verse in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going, I don't think I'm doing any damage to Scripture here because we're going to insert Scripture into Scripture. Listen, be careful, be worried for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, run to the strong tower. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are an ornery lot that we want to understand everything. We want stuff explained beforehand, and we want to be in control. Can I get a witness? Guess what? You're not getting most of that. There are some things in life that you do get pre-explained, yada, 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 but for the most part, church, it's a, uh, what's that phrase? You're on a need-to-know basis, and there's a lot of stuff in this life you don't need to know, but God knows it. 
And if you will run to that righteous tower, you will be safe, and the peace that passeth understanding shall keep your hearts and minds, here it is, through Christ Jesus. Point number two, the purpose of his name. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is the purpose of the name of Jesus. We're going to do everything else better in heaven than what we do here. We're going to sing better in heaven. And that's hard to believe with some people's talent, but we are. We're going to sing better in heaven. We're going to fellowship better in heaven. I said this in first service, and I'm not shooting at anybody. If anybody, I'm shooting at myself. Won't you be thrilled and glad when you get into heaven and when you're fellowshipping with someone, you're not or they are not doing this and doing this and doing this. Oh, I, I, I got to go. Do you really? I watched 80 to 100 people try to bless my son and future daughter-in-law. And it was a blessing. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, the Ben's spirit is trying to get me distracted and get me to do other things and get me to do this and do that. And all I really needed to do is just sit there and soak in the love that these people were given ultimately to Benjamin and Emma. But it was rubbing off on all of us. And church, please hear me. All of you that made the effort to go, thank you, thank you. All of you that would have, had you could have, thank you, thank you. All of you that sent stuff. This church outdid themselves yesterday. Thank you. It means the world to us. And it's just the little things in life. Watch this. We're going to do that better in heaven. We're going to have millions and millions of years to fellowship with one another. And it's going to be amazing. What is our purpose then here? Our purpose is the name of Jesus for the point of salvation. That's the point. To get people to know Jesus Christ through salvation, there, neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name given on heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Point number three, the power of his name. Now, this is one of my favorite verses because I quote this verse every day to some level in when my worship time because of the worship uh, definition. Worship is the response of an adoring heart to the magnificence of God in the highest sense of the word is the occupation of the created with the creator. It's the pure joy that you're worshiping the one whose name is above every other name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so what is the power of his name? The power of his name is, is that at one point in the end of our existence in heaven that's going to last forever, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. That's the power of his name. Now, I had a really neat experience here recently when I went uh, fishing. On one of the jugs that we threw out, we caught a snapping turtle. I can't speak for you. I respect snapping turtles. There's a reason they call them snapping turtles. Turtles is really not as important as the snapping part. One day going to college... I'm sorry, in college, I was going to preach at a small church to a Galilean program, and those rice fields in the middle of Arkansas there, I'm not lying to you, there was a snapping turtle this big. I'm driving my dad's truck, and I thunk me a thought. I'm going to get that turtle, and I'm going to take it and show all my buds at college, and I'm going to be a bigwig because I caught this big old snapping turtle. Dumb E. 
I get out of the truck. I mean, there ain't nobody else on the road. And I, I'm smart enough at this point to walk behind him, but I'm not smart enough to know that you've got to bend over to pick him so you're putting your head close to his head. And did you know that snapping turtles' neck is long enough to snap to the middle of their back? <laughs> it is because his eyes upside down were looking into my eyes. Kapow! And I thought, you just gained your freedom, pal. <laughs> Have a nice life. And I got in that truck, and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I didn't worry about that dude getting run over. A semi-tractor trailer truck wouldn't hurt that tractor. Turtle. Yeah. Now, watch this. Why did I tell you that? That turtle is going to figuratively bend the knee and wag the tongue. Everything under the earth, everything in the sea, Everything that God created is going to submit to the power of Jesus' name. Now, I have a particular viewpoint that I can't necessarily prove, but this just for me would be the height of the power of Jesus' name. I don't think God's going to have to force anybody to do that. I think every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever been created, once they see the magnificence of God without the scales that the devil and our flesh in the world has put on our eyes, once we can really see, they're going to say, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be one of the best worship experiences, even with the sadness that many of those folks are fixing to go to an uncontrolled climate eternity. And I believe that that shows the power of his name. Point number four, the plan in his name. Now, this is extremely familiar. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the, here it is, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, what's the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Jesus Christ, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Folks, there's always been one plan to reach the world, and that is for the church and the churches of Jesus Christ to go forward and reach the people within their sphere of influence and teach them whatsoever he has commanded and for them to do and for them to do and for them to do. It's multiplication. It's not addition. Addition will not save this world. Multiplication will the plan of his name. So now we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing? When we are in trouble, do we run to the righteous tower? Do we run to the safety? Do we have the purpose of his name as the first and foremost purpose of our lives? Do we trust and rest in the power of his name? And are we living out the plan? Will you stand, musicians? Will you come? When I came across this famous saying, I was excited because I knew what it meant to my wife. I know what it means to me. I know the impact. I mean, every time, once a month, when we come across that, it, it's a joy. It's an excitement. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Let me say this, church, and this is out of my humility. I'm at an age that I could say I can't memorize. You know what I found out? When you become so familiar with a verse, it's really not hard to memorize it. You just got to soak in it. Soak in it, soak in it, soak in it, soak in it. Before you know, 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I never set out to memorize that verse, but because God brings it to us once a month, because it's my wife's favorite, it's become a favorite of mine. Church, we need to find those strong tower verses that we run to. We need to find those verses that save our life in the middle of the day. We need to find those verses that are on the tip of our tongue when someone else needs a good word. A cheerful heart is like a medicine. And we need to have those ready to go. The word of God is the key. As we soak into it, he'll change our lives. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, this is an invitation. We're inviting you to come. We'll send you with someone gender appropriate. They'll share the gospel with you. I'm asking for every saved soul in here to pray for those that may not be saved, that they would do just that. And then if this, if you need to turn this into an old-fashioned altar, you need to run to the strong tower, whatever the case may be, will you come? Let's sing. Thank you.